Right, let's begin on Dafnun Gimel, where both on Amad Aleph and Amad Bez, we introduced to an interesting character by the name of Todus Ishromi. Todus was a, a leader of the community in, in, Romy, in Rome, and um, there's an interesting interaction where he used to encourage the members of his community to prepare meat for Pesach, for the Seder, uh, in the form of a roast, and to, and to roast the whole animal on the spit, and the Chachomim weren't happy about that. Um, and Rabbi Yossi says, If you weren't Todos, if it weren't for the fact that you were Todos, we would uh, declare Bidud on you, we would put you into, into Cherim, we would put you into Bidud, uh, into isolation. And then the Gemara goes into a whole thing of what, what he was doing wrong, and he was making it look like Kodshim. We're not allowed to imitate what happened in the Beis Hamikdash. We do Zerche Lechurban, we do the Beis Hamikdash, we do things to remind us of the Beis Hamikdash, but we're not allowed to do anything that looks like we're trying to replicate the Avod of the Beis Hamikdash in a situation where we don't have the Beis Hamikdash. Um, and they felt that Todus had overstepped the mark by, by having roasts. We don't have roasts. Not only did he have roasts, but he made it, the, the whole animal together on the spit. Uh, and the Gemara says, not only can't you do that, but you can't even say this meat is set aside for Pesach, because that also looks like one's being makdish, the korban, one's setting aside meat for a korban. One has to be careful about those things. So if, if it weren't that you were Todus, we would put you in cherem. Then the Gemara goes in on, on Amud Bez into a discussion as to why didn't they put him into Cherem. And there are two possible reasons. Either he was a powerful person and he would have uh, used his power against them. It, was a, it wasn't an expedient thing to do, to put him into, into Cherem. Uh, sometimes you want to do certain things, it's just not, it, it's not expedient, it's not the right thing to do, for political reasons. Uh, so that could be one of them. Or because he was a Gavra Rabba, he was a, an important person, he had Torah stature, and as covered, as out of respect for him, they wouldn't put him into Nidui, they wouldn't put him into Cherem. And the Gemara goes on to a, a discussion about that, and brings a, 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 a mimer of Torah, something that Torah was Mechadesh. Uh, and as such, you see that he's a Gavra Rabba. Where he made the famous Kalvachim, where he asks, why did Hanani and Mishol and Azariah give their lives not to serve Avodah uh, Zorah with, with Nebuchadnezzar, and the, and the Gemara says, and, and Todah says, they made a Kalva Chomer. If, if, if the frogs in Egypt jumped into the fire and they had no mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, we you do have a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, how much more so do we have to give our lives? Ask Tosfus, what's the question? Why is Todah even asking the question? At the end of the day, they have to give their lives because this is Avodah Zorah. Avodah Zorah in public is one of the things for which we do have to give our lives. So why is Todas even amazed that, that uh, Mishol, Azariah, and Hananya did, gave their lives? And Todas gives various, various answers. Other Rishonim give other answers as to why there's a Havamina. I might have thought that they shouldn't. They should have lived the Chai Bohem, that it was more important to preserve their lives than to do, die al Kiddush Hashem, um, and, and why they didn't make that. But, but Todas says the reason they didn't go that route and instead were willing to give their lives is because of this Kalvachomis. So you see he was a Gavra Rabbah. Then the Gemara goes on to say, um, Metil, th- this is um, Rabbi Yossi Baravin, who says, Metil Melai Lekishil Tamidei Chachomim. He was a big Baal Tzedakah. And not only did he give Tzedakah to the Tamidei Chachomim, he did much more than that. He gave, he invested with Tamidei Chachomim. 
he gave the Talmidei Chachomim money with which they could start businesses. He, they, could, they could create startups and they could uh, get funding and he gave them seed funding to start their businesses and get them going. And that way they were independent. They weren't dependent on him. It wasn't, it wasn't any kind of embarrassment. Uh, they were able to pay it back at some point and, and they were able to get into business. Uh, anybody who enables the Talmud Chochem to do business has a special place in Yeshiva Shulmala. He sits with the Talmud Chachomim in Yeshiva Shulmala uh, upstairs after his life. Shenema, as it says in the, in the Posik in, in Koheleski, because the in the in the shadow of of wisdom, those people who are protected in Olam Haba because of their chokhmah, because of their wisdom of Torah, are together with the Baalei HaKesef, those who use their money to invest in Torah. Um, and then the Apostle goes on to say, V'yitron data chokhmah to chaye Baalei But chokhmah has an added value. Don't think it's exactly the same. You get the schar. So the person who invests in Torah gets the schar of the Baal Torah, but the Baal Torah, the person who's learning, has an additional thing, which is it is mechayet ba'aleho. It, it vitalizes the person who's learning Torah. And that, th- this is really important to understand. That's something that we miss so much today, is to understand that Torah is not a, a body of information to be mastered. It's not a body of information to be learned. That when one is learning Torah, one is engaged in a vitality. One is engaged in something that brings a life force, that brings energy into one's own life, one's own life, and through one's own life, it brings energy into the world. The, the learning, when we learn Torah, if we're learning Torah properly, we're plugging into a source of energy, the HaKadosh Baruch source of energy. We're plugging into that energy from which we can otherwise be disconnected. And, and Torah is the way we plug into it. We, we plug into Kedusha various different ways. With Tefillah, we can plug into Sanctity, we can plug into Kedusha. But, but with Torah, we're plugging into more, not only the Kedusha, we're also plugging into a force, which is Mechayeba Aleha, which brings life and vitality to somebody who's learning. And therefore, the uh, Rabbi Nechananel says that they didn't put uh, Torahs into Nidu, not only because... Um, he was a, a, a Gavra Rabbi, he was a, a man of stature, but also he was a big Baal Tzedakah. He supported the Talmud HaChachorim. Those were the two reasons. Um, the, the question is, why do you need both reasons? There, there's some that learn this as, as two alternate reasons. Either we say he was a, a wealthy man who gave Tzedakah, or he was a person who could learn. Um, but Rabbeinu Hananel takes the view of both. He was, he was both a person who could learn, he was a Baal Torah, and he was also a, a wealthy man. Why do we need both reasons? not to put him in Nidui. We learned on Daphnun Be'ez Amud Aleph, we had the case there of, um, of Rav, uh, Rabbi, uh, Rav Ami, who went, uh, of Rav Nosan Bar Asya, who on Yom Tov Sheni of Shavuos, second day Yom Tov, walked from Rav's house to Pumpedita, which is over the area of the Tchum, so he was over at the Rabbonin on the second day, on the second day Yom Tov, and they wanted to put him in Cherem, but instead they just gave him some corporal punishment. And interesting, the Gemara says there, because corporal punishment is not as serious as bidud. Putting somebody in cherem is worse than corporal punishment. And it's something we have to be aware of now, that people suffering through isolation is worse than if we would give them corporal punishment. <laughs> because corporal punishment you get over. It's, it's embarrassing and painful, and you heal pretty quickly, you get over it. But isolation, uh, it takes a piece of your life away. 
people who, particularly people who are social and people who interact with people. Um, and so the Gemara says, it, it, it's interesting, we live in, a, in an era where imagine that in the United States or in Israel, or whether we in, reintroduce corporal punishment. And we took people in the town square and we gave them malchus, we gave them corporal punishment. We, there would be an outcry, it would be the most terrible thing. And we would be banned and, and it, it, the, the human rights organization. Can you imagine what would go on? But we think nothing of locking people in prison. We're a society that thinks locking people in prison is okay. Uh, giving somebody corporal punishment, that would not be okay. The truth is corporal punishment does much less damage to the human psyche than prison. Prison destroys a person, something of a person, forever. It's almost impossible to fully recover from the, the, the wounds and the, and the damage caused by isolation. Uh, and, and in the Torah, isolation is much more serious a form of punishment than, than corporal punishment. And, and, so we, and we see from there, the Gemara says, no, for a Talmud Chochem, we would never put them in isolation for, for those reasons. We would um, rather give them corporal punishment if they did something wrong in this area, in the Rabbonin, but not, not put them in isolation. So if Todus is a Talmud Chochem, why does he also have to be a Baltzdocher? Why does the Gemara have to say the way Rabbi Nechananel learns? Not only was he a, a Gavra Rabbi, not only was he a big person of stature, he was also a Baltzdocher, and that's, he supported Torah, and that's why they didn't put him in Nidu. Why do you need both? So it seems there's also a difference between a Gavra Rabbi and a Talmud Chochem, a Tzubu Mirabonin. A, a Gavra Rabbi is a person who knows Torah, a person who has, who has stature in Torah. That's a Gavra Rabbi, a person of stature. But a Talmud Chochem is somebody who's involved in the process of learning. A Talmud, he's, le- he's a Talmud, he's learning. Every day he's applying his mind to learning new things, to learning more, to being mechadesh, to learning something from his rabbeim. It's a growth process. A Gavra Rabbah is an arrival. It's a, sta- a status. Who are you? I'm a Rav. Oh, okay, you're a Rav, so you need... Who are you? I'm a Talmud Chochem. In any other society, which would be greater? I'm a student or I'm a, or I'm a professor? In any other society, the professor is the greatest status. In Torah, being a student is a higher level than being a professor. A professor is somebody who knows it all. A student is somebody who's busy learning. And as we said, the whole idea of Torah is mechayet ba'aleha. Somebody who plugs into Torah and is busy learning has a level, has a vitality, has a stature that is greater than that of the person who knows it all and who has arrived. And so Todus Ishromi was a gavra rabbi. He had the, sta- he had the status, but not the stature. Uh, the statue of a Talmud Chochem he didn't have. That he got through the support, through the uh, financial support that he gave to the Talmud Chachomim, and then he had both. That way, although he wasn't involved in learning, he was in learning sufficiently to have that status, and he was also supporting the, uh, the, the B'nai Torah that were there. This power of Torah to be Mechayeh is something phenomenal. The, um, the, the story of the Taz who was walking in the street, and a woman came and said, please, Rebbe, give my child. My child's dying. A brocha, a brocha, a brocha. And the Torah says, I'm not a brocha giver. I don't do brochas. And she pleaded and pleaded, and he refused and refused. Uh, eventually, she says, I'm not asking for your brocha. Don't think there's any, any arrogance in it, in, in you giving me a brocha. I don't need a brocha from you. I'm asking for a brocha from the Torah inside you. That's, that's the power that I want to access for my son. And then the Torah says, oh, in that case, I'll dedicate the last 12 hours of learning. I was busy on a difficult sugya. To the, to the healing of your son, and the son healed. That story, many years later, the altar of Slabotka told in Slabotka, when there was a case of a young boy who got cholera, they called a doctor from one of the big cities. When the doctor arrived, he said, why do you call a doctor for a dead person? You call the Hebrew Kedisha for a dead person. 
he has no chance. You, you don't bring me from the a distant city to try and work with somebody who has no chance. So the altar of Slavokhir, Rabbi Nassar Svifinkel, got up, he called the yeshiva together, 300 boys, 300 young men, and he told them the story. And he said, I want you all to learn for the next half hour and give that Torah to the life of the boy. And the yeshiva learned like it's never learned before. And he made the calculation of, of like the Chofetz Chaim does, how many words of Torah are learned by each person in that half hour times 300. And that's the life force that was given to that young boy who started healing that day and eventually came right. What the doctors couldn't do, the power of Torah could do. And that wasn't so long ago. And that's it. I, I think to myself that we've been going with this little shear for, what's it, Ilan? You started the idea nearly two months ago, probably. So we, we've, had, we've had about 40 shirim, 40 shirim already. So if you think of the, the, you know, us and every single morning for 15 minutes, that's 40 times, that's 10 hours of learning each of us. And, and the 40 or 50 or 60 people who learn every day online with the same shear, just to take 15 minutes a day and learn something new with a slightly different insight, a slight, slightly different view on life or on a sugya, on an idea in Torah and start the day that way. What power of Torah are we energizing the world with ourselves and the world that Torah can be mechayet ba'aleha?